This is episode number 111, and today we are recapping week number 16 of the Practical Christian Podcast. Welcome to the Practical Christian Podcast. My name is Travis Albritton, your friendly neighborhood Bible teacher, and every day we'll dive into the tips, tricks, and hacks that you can implement in your daily life to become a more effective Christian. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump in to your daily dose of practical Christian training. Hey guys, it is the end of another awesome week here on the podcast. Hopefully this week has been uh, just as fun to listen to as it was for me to make. A lot of really cool stuff coming up, but uh, this is a recap episode, so let's get to the recap. On Sunday, we started with uh, one of my favorite interviews that we've done so far, actually, with uh, Brady Shearer, one of the, or not one of the, the co-founder of ProChurchTools.com. And uh, we talked a lot about technology, leveraging technology to advance the gospel in our churches, in our communities. And we, we talked at a ministry, you know, uh, leadership level, but we also talked practically what does it look like for each of us as Christians living in the 21st century to utilize these tools, uh, the tools that are available to us to help people learn about Jesus and to, to come to faith. And so a uh, really great interview. I really loved all of his insights and everything he's been doing and uh, really just uh, appreciated his emphasis on the need to innovate, that it's easy to want to sit back on our laurels and, and say, you know, what worked in the past is going to work in the future, and, you know, and kind of be oblivious to what's going on in the world around us, put our heads in the sand and hope everything just keeps going well. Uh, but really, that does a disservice to God when we don't have our whole heart in uh, the effort to try and win people over to Christ. And so, uh, definitely a great interview. Definitely go back and listen to it if you haven't yet. And then on Monday, my biggest takeaway from that interview with Brady was we talked about how to uh, share your faith effectively online. I know that that's something that uh, we've touched a couple times here on the podcast. And whenever I get an opportunity to ask someone who has some experience in the space, Uh, I always look forward to hearing their perspective, and I thought he had a really good one. Uh, It was not what I expected, but I think it was very practical. And we talked about how the the best way that you can share your faith online is by sharing your story and by being vulnerable. And the reason those are so powerful is because when you share your story with someone, uh, you know, they, they come along for the ride. They are engaged in your story. And the parts of it that resonate with them, the parts that they relate to, uh, are going to stick with them. You know, it's totally different listening to a story, like watching a movie, reading a good book, something like that, versus getting through a textbook, right? It's a totally different experience. And when we share our story, then we uh, humanize ourselves. You know, we don't come off as being holier than thou or unapproachable. And people that are listening can uh, resonate with different parts of our story. And then the other thing, being vulnerable it's just about admitting that you're not perfect. You know, Christians definitely get a bad rap sometimes of being judgmental and hypocritical, hypocritical, and some of it is definitely justified, but, uh, but not in our cases, right? We, we, we're not hypocrites. Hopefully that's true. Um, you know, but by being vulnerable, you invite people in to see that, you know, through our vulnerability, we can show the power of God, that we don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be Superman, uh, in order to be, uh, you know, effective, as a Christian or just as a human being. And so two really great tips for anyone who wants to share their faith online, share your story and be vulnerable. And then on Tuesday, episode number 107, 
Uh, I talked about every young leader's bread and butter, and these were the three books of the Bible that I thought every young leader needs to know, like the back of their hand. And the three books in particular are First and Second Timothy and Titus. And the reason those three books are so important is because you get a picture and a glimpse of what it was like to sit at the feet of Paul and learn from him in a mentoring capacity. That Timothy and Titus both journeyed with Paul on his missionary journeys. Timothy was a much more pronounced figure in the New Testament um, and was leading the church in Ephesus at the time when his when Paul wrote the letters to him. And Titus was out planting churches on the island of Crete when Paul wrote his letter to Titus. And in there, there are a couple themes that popped up that are really important for young leaders especially in those three books. One was the importance of sound doctrine, that if you're going to be a young leader, if you're going to be leading people closer to Jesus, you have to be uh, hyper aware of what you're teaching, that you're not leading people astray, and then also very protective of the people that you are trying to lead against uh, bad actors, people that are being deceptive, people that are trying to lead others astray. Uh, Talked about raising up other leaders, specifically elders and deacons, that can help share the burden of leading and bring other things to the table that you can't. You know, that as a young leader, you don't have experience, but that's okay because you can engage with people that do and plug them in and get them serving in a way that's helpful to the whole ministry. And then the third theme that uh, pops up in 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus is the importance of leading by example. And we talked about how important that is, that it's not just about saying the right things. It's not just about having the most persuasive sermons, but it's really about living a life that is worthy of imitation. The way you can do that, when you can do that, you will be effective as a young leader. In episode number 108, we talked about how to correct false doctrine. So kind of, kind of related to episode 107, but we talked about like, if you're having a conversation with someone and they say something totally wrong, like not even close. What, what are you supposed to do? How do you, how do you engage in a conversation without shutting them down, without uh, ending the conversation? So the first uh, of three steps that we talked about, the first step was to know your Bible, that if we get into a circular argument of my opinion versus your opinion, you're never going to go anywhere. You're not going to get anywhere productive. And so you have to know your Bible. And when you're going to approach someone who believes something that's not true, and you're going to correct that, you need to correct it with scripture, not just with what you think. The second step to approaching someone who believes false doctrine is to assume or give them the benefit of the doubt, assume the best. And what I mean by that is it's easy to, to think that if someone believes false doctrine or has been convinced that of something that's not true, that we don't always give them the benefit of the doubt that their heart is in it, that they really do want to follow Jesus, and they've, they're just making a mistake in their belief system, right? It's, a, it's really important to approach it that way, um, because they are, after all, your brother or your sister in Christ. And so you want to make sure that you're giving them that level of respect and mercy and grace, just like God does. And then the third thing was to use the appropriate uh, amount of force, that not everything is a crisis. Not everything requires a rebuke. Sometimes it's just a correction. Sometimes it's an encouragement. Sometimes they just need to learn something that they didn't know before. And sometimes you just need to point out the error in their logic. But make sure that whenever you're having a conversation about false doctrine, that the amount of force you use is appropriate. Now, there are going to be situations where you need to be really serious because whatever the belief is can really lead them down a dark path that draws them away from Jesus. And you want to do that 
while also holding to the first two concepts, right? Assuming the best and knowing your Bible. So a lot of things we talked about with false doctrine, um, go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. In episode number 109, we talked about cleaning your room. And uh, I don't know how many of you actually listened to that. Uh, I know that if I was listening to a podcast and there was an episode called Clean Your Room, I might not listen to that just because I don't want to hear about that. I might like (laughs) having my room not clean. But, uh, But what we talked about was discipline and the importance of discipline in achieving spiritual breakthroughs. It's tempting to say that, oh, I'm going to be spiritually disciplined. I'm going to have quiet times. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to be open about my sin. You know, all the things that I need to do to work on my character and then be really sloppy in the other areas of my life. Well, that doesn't actually work. And the reason that doesn't work is because your character is your character. You know, if you compromise in your diet or you compromise in your exercise or you compromise in being on time to work or to church, that is going to lead to compromises in other areas. And so if you want to continue to grow spiritually and to be productive, which I hope you do, then uh, it's important to be disciplined in every aspect of our life, including, but not limited to, keeping your room clean. That just doing those little things, making those tiny sacrifices, overcoming those small inconveniences, over time, build up a character that can lead to big spiritual growth. And then yesterday on our Fan Friday episode, uh, I answered a question from Spence about the Gospel of Thomas and the Gospel of Judas. And he was asking if it's if it's even worth his time to read those books, or if they're, uh, you know, and, and also kind of why they, they aren't in the Bible. And so we talked about the process that the early church uh, kind of approached these different documents and letters with, and and which ones they identified as being worthy of circulating with the other churches and passing around and reading alongside Scripture, which in that sense meant the Old Testament uh, during their uh, church gatherings. And so there was this, there was an exhaustive process, but it wasn't uh, decided by a single council or group of people that said, all right, we're stamping this list, and this is the official list, and everyone's going to get on board. That's not how the New Testament was put together. So you can be confident that the New Testament is exactly the way that the early church wanted it to be. It wasn't dictated by a Roman emperor or anything like that. Uh, But the Gospel of Thomas and the Gospel of Judas in particular, uh, we talked about how those are both Gnostic documents, uh, and the Gnostics were a splinter group that split from Christianity early on and were more interested in the pursuit of knowledge versus relationship with God, and even denied the life death and resurrection of Jesus as the Christ. All right. So don't, they don't even recognize the whole cornerstone foundation of Christianity. And so knowing that those were the groups that uh, wrote these documents really undercuts their validity as things that would be beneficial as a Christian uh, to apply in your life. Now, I would never say that uh, you should not read something, right? Like I have a I'm looking at it right now. I've got a copy of the Quran on my bookshelf. That doesn't mean that I'm going to read that and, and decide that I'm going to apply those things directly in my life. But there's nothing wrong with continuing to learn, continuing to grow, and exposing yourself to different writings, to different thoughts. Um, you know, any faith that's unexamined is a weak faith and is not a faith that we desire to have. So uh, you shouldn't be afraid of reading those kinds of things. You know, it, if it undercuts your faith in any way, See that as an opportunity to test the things that you already have uh, developed convictions about and do it confidently knowing that uh, the truth is the truth 
and you can be confident that God is not a changing God. But that is it for this week. Make sure to smash that subscribe button to get daily practical tips just like these. Leave a review in Apple Podcasts for your chance to get a shout out as the super fan of the week. And make sure to head over to the podcast Facebook group to connect with me and help decide future episode topics. Every day is an opportunity to grow closer to God and make a positive impact on the people around you. Take action with what you've learned and help make the world a little more like heaven. I'm Travis Albritton, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.